California is battling its most destructive wildfires in its state's history. The death toll and the scope of the devastations are only expected to climb. And considering the impact of climate change on these fires, this could be the beginning of a frightening new normal for the state. This is TikTok. I'm Dave Myers. Joining me today for where things stand with these fires is Bloomberg's weather reporter, Brian Sullivan. Brian, thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you, David. Put into perspective for us how massive and destructive these two wildfires are right now. Well, in terms of uh, overall destructiveness uh, in buildings, the fire in Northern California has now become the worst fire in the state's history, and it also is tied for the deadliest fire in the state's history, with 29 people having died. And that death toll, it's bound to go up because there's hundreds of people missing. There are hundreds of people missing, and that's one of the dangers with these things um, is that, you know, people lose communication. They get trapped. It may take days, weeks before they can manage to get up into some of these or more remote areas and uh, make searches and find people. So this, this is probably going to be the most deadly fire in California history. And this type of death and destruction we're seeing from the campfire in Northern California, it seems like something we'd see in the destruction of a massive hurricane. Is that what it's shaping up to look like? That's absolutely right, David. Um, Hurricane Michael, which hit the Florida panhandle earlier this year, is going to probably cause about 20 to $25 billion by the time all the uh, destruction is tallied. Um, right now, the best estimate for what's going on in California is about $19 billion. I'm sure that's going to go up as, as the fire keeps spreading uh, over the next few days. Um, in fact, the campfire may not be out until the end of the month. So you, that, that figure is just going to skyrocket. So that puts it on t- par with a major hurricane. Um, and what started these fires? See, that's the mystery. No one knows yet, but I'll tell you, the shareholders certainly have an idea that Ooh. it's the um, it's it's the the utilities because um, both PG and E and Edison International, um, their shares have been dropping since these fires broke out last week. And and what type of conditions are these firefighters in Northern California, in Southern California? What are they facing, and how does that impact their ability to do the job? So they're, what they're facing is basically if you imagine yourself in an area where you've got a hot, dry, dusty wind blowing in your face, then add into that smoke, then add into that heat. And um, this is the kind of uh, working environment they go into. Keeping the firefighters safe is something that's very, very hard to do in this situation because if the weather changes just a little bit, and then with these fires you can get micro weather where the weather in one valley will be different than the weather in another valley and it will be different than the overall weather, say, in Northern California. That micro weather can actually turn quite deadly, and there's been many examples in the past where that has happened, where firefighters have just been trapped because, you know, 4 o'clock in the afternoons, the winds shift from the west to the east, and, and where they were safe before, now they're cut off with no way to get out. One of the ways that uh, people try to help them is that the National uh, Weather Service actually has a volunteer meteorologist, group of meteorologists who volunteer, and they go to the fires and they will actually forecast the weather on an hour-by-hour basis at the fire scene um, and and in constant contact with the firefighters in the field, telling them that, you know, look, you may want to get out of where you are because we we think the winds are going to shift. Brian, when these firefighters are fighting the fire on the grounds and the conditions are changing all around them, what are they doing to suppress the fire, considering they are surrounded by stuff that can fuel the fire? Um, 
you know, there's a whole bunch of different um, um, factors that they can use, you know, down to picks and shovels to, to try to build fire breaks. Uh, you know, there's off fire trucks are going up there with, with uh, tanks full of water. You have uh, aircraft flying over, I, you know, that the famous sites. I think it's a L-1011 or a, a DC-10, rather, um, huge aircraft, you know, just going in there and dropping lots of fire retardant um, chemicals on the fire. But for the for the folks who are actually on the ground um, in a situation where the wind will shift or something like that, some of them have um, they'll be carrying like personal shelters that they can hunker down in, in as a, a, a last resort. Mm. Um, but a lot of times, you know, you're you're at risk. The wind is blowing 40 miles an hour. The flames are moving at 40 miles an hour, and you can run just as fast as a human being can run. So it it can get dicey, to say the least, in a short period of time. You know, wildfires are obviously very common in California, but it doesn't feel like they're at this level. They're that common. So where are we in the middle uh, of fire season in that state? Traditionally, if you, if you were we go back 50 years and we would say, you know, when is the California fire season, the California fire season um, would be defined as, you know, the end of September to maybe the middle of November. So this would t- uh, typically be um, a normal California fire season. For the last 10, 15 years, there really hasn't been a California fire season. It's been a year-round phenomenon. And in the last um, decade, there have been drought after drought after drought in California. So that is just making the whole thing worse. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, you've had a bark beetle infestation out there that's just killed millions and millions of trees. So there's a lot of dead trees in the middle of these forests that are just waiting for something to catch on fire. Um, so, you know, it's it's really hard at this point to say that there is any California fire season anymore. It just seems to be a, a year-round event. And the two worst fire seasons on record um, are pretty much shaping up to be 2017 and 2018 now. Um, and in terms of acreage, 2018 has surpassed 2017. So is this just nature running its course? Um, to a certain degree, it is. Uh, you know, uh, the all those dead trees, something's going to have to be done about them. And, you know, nature's way of dealing with this dead material, this fuel, is to burn it, um, unfortunately. Um, on the other hand, you know, with the growth of population in, in California, I think it actually has a larger population now than the, the entire country of Canada. Um, more people are, are moving into areas where um, people just didn't live before. Mm-hmm. And, and there's kind of an adage that says, you know, nature happens, but it takes human beings to make it a disaster. And, and in a certain situation, that's what we're seeing. And is that what people are calling then man-made climate change? Um so we have the um, uh, the anthropomorphic uh, climate change is being brought about by the the burning of uh, greenhouse gases, which is making the, the earth hotter, obviously. So um, that does a number of different things to California, for instance. Um, one of the things it does is California gets most of its water uh, between, um, say, November and April, with most of it coming December, January, and February. Uh, the, 
they don't get any water in the in the summertime. It's different in the eastern United States where it rains every two or three days. And even if we do have a drought, we can't maintain a drought because, you know, then fall comes and we're hit by a number of major storms. In California, you know, once the, the land becomes green um, in the spring, well, it dries out over the summertime and it becomes, you know, fuel for all of these fires. The problem with climate change is that it raises the elevation in the mountains where the snow falls. And now that may mm. seem kind of, you know, an esoteric detail, but it really can change the amount of water that the state has available to it um, later on during the year because that snow on the mountains is what actually allows them to fill up the reservoirs in the spring when it melts. So if you're getting more rain on the mountain as opposed to snow on the mountain, you're not getting as much snow. You don't have as much water left over um, to store over the, the summertime for your drinking, for your agriculture, and, you know, to, to fight fires and keep the landscape relatively green and moist. So it's an extremely fragile ecosystem. It is an extremely fragile ecosystem. And, you know, that's another another thing that's happening is that because of climate change, scientists say that the, the larger weather patterns around the world are becoming stuck. So you're getting you're getting these big, giant, high-pressure ridges, and you're getting these low-pressure troughs getting stuck around the northern hemisphere. And that's one of the things that has been happening in California is that there's a – a low-pressure system upstream, and that has kind of parked a high-pressure system over the western United States. It's kept the entire western United States very hot this year. It's kept it very dry this year. And, you know, what we're seeing is there's been a lot of fires across the west this year, both in Canada and the United States. And it's, you know, it, if you look at it on a map, it's sitting under that high-pressure system, which just is not really budging. So if we've had the worst fire seasons in the state of California in back-to-back -back years, and if people are moving further away from these highly populated cities, like you said, deeper into the forest, is this just the beginning of the new normal for California? I do think it's the beginning of the new normal for California. Um, and, you know, and, it, and it, this is something that goes beyond California in terms of, you know, if you look at the east coast of the United States with all the people who are moving into to harm's way uh, along the, the coastline and the, the pricey uh, real estate that everybody, you know, desires, it seems to be both on the east coast and the west coast that this real estate is in harm's way from both the changing climate and just from just basic natural conditions and fluctuation. Brian Sullivan, thank you. All right. Thank you, David. It's always great to talk. Make sure to follow Brian and his reporting on Twitter. He's at Weather Sullivan. That's the TikTok for today. Thanks for listening, and please head on over to iTunes and let us know what you think. I'm Dave Myers. You can follow me on Twitter at David F. Myers, and you can get all your updates 24-7 at TikTok.